I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. And you're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Herpeticulture Network. flow through your veins i got a a headache it's laying in bed watching two and a half men before we uh the show not yeah yeah before we started here charlie sheen phrasing yep walked right into that one anyway monday night that well that shows on peacock and that's it was a great show even though it's a great show it's kind of the same joke over and over and over again yeah it's still sitcoms are great Charlie Sheen, an American treasure. Anybody who doesn't like American sitcoms, they should have their head examined. I don't know, man. There's some that... What was it? It was uh, Two Broke Girls. That one was literally like the same joke on repeat, and it was got to the point where I was like, it's not even funny anymore. It's like, Yeah, but see, I watched it because I have a massive crush on Cat, so that just... Just put that out there. Sole purpose for watching that show. I'm trying to remember her name. I was just talking to somebody about her and some, like some of the movies she was in just the other day. Yeah, forty year old virgin. She was like a teenager. Yep. Yeah. Cat Dennings. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what it was. Anyways, uh, we're here. We're live. This is episode 157 of. Snakes and Stogies, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network, which is brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram. Use code THN at checkout. Save yourself a little bit of money. Get yourself something nice. Whether you like racks, whether you like cages, uh, you're not going to be disappointed either way. I we need I need to get to a Jake, and we need to coordinate our, our great uh, great migration up to the wonderful state of Georgia to pick up our stuff. Yes, sir. Uh, so, if you're in the market, or maybe you're not even in the market right now, but you're you're shopping around, you need to definitely hit up blackpostcages.com. Check them out. See if there's anything you like. If you have any questions, message us. Get in touch. Uh, and then, if you're particularly fond of the Pacific Northwest and the people in it, then... You need to go and follow Puget Sound Pythons up there in the Puget Sound. I've seen pictures. It's amazing. We, me and Katie were planning on going to the Gendra nuptials. Excellent. Um, but we, her sister is getting married around the same time. So we had to make a decision there, unfortunately. But I do want to get up there because the pictures I've seen from like the places they've gone and stuff, it just looks amazing i want to see some bald eagles and killer whales dude i don't know if they i know they i don't know if they have killer whales there or not but i'm pretty sure they do they do i've seen them i want to i want to feel the america run through my veins i actually was on a cruise and i was on the balcony like going through like uh on our way back to victoria Mm -hmm. and you heard this boom like this boom on the side of the boat 
And it was an orca hit the side of the boat. And I asked one of the people that worked there, they're like, yeah, they do it all the time. It's like fun for them. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> SeaWorld has all that stuff half off. Damn. Wow. No, but it's if I was going to do one of those cruises right now, like I, I went to the Bahamas years ago. I, was, I wasn't even of drinking age. So like cruises are fairly pointless if you can't drink or gamble. That's true. So I don't recommend it um, to anybody that's under the age of 21. The cruises are kind of boring if you're a kid. Uh, and the Bahamas was was wonderfully underwhelming. Um, and I would much rather take one of those Alaskan cruises. It was awesome, man. Because Bahamas cool. is kind of like Hawaii. Like you go to Hawaii and it's cool. And then you go to Hawaii 10 years later and it's pretty much the same. I feel like Alaska, at least there's some seasonality and and things like that. I feel like when you're dealing with tropical, subtropical, whatever, it's kind of the same year round. Yeah, yeah. Not a whole my, lot uh, to experience my, there. My dad's aunt lived in Seattle, and we went and visited her and did the whole fish market and Mount St. Helens and all that awesome stuff. And you just you just don't get it until you're there. And like the majesticness and like like seeing moose in the wild chilling on the river with legit bald eagles in the background, like it's just straight up America, you know, it, mo monumental country. Absolutely gorgeous. Oh, what are you smoking on this week? So I never smoke uh, CAO. And it's not because I don't like them. I just, it just never hits me. But a friend from work gave me, I'm assuming this is flavored because it's called flavors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, white chocolate and Irish cream. White chocolate. Yeah. It says Eileen's dream. Yep. So I may be putting this out and getting something else if it's too oh. fake. Of the flavored cigars, I will say. CAOs are pretty good. Okay. They have, one, they have one called Moon Trance, which is supposed to be like a coconut vanilla. They say exotic fruit, but it's fucking coconut. Um, it is actually pretty damn good. All right. So I don't know that I've had the Eileen's Dream. I don't I don't know if I even had the well, cherry it, one. It smells vanilla y. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna give it a whirl. And I also liked it because it had this little cedar wrap. Yeah. And I wanted to get your take on the guys and gals. Let's be real. It's mostly old men that will take the cedar wrap off and use that to light their cigar. I mean, sure. It's got scotch tape on it usually to keep it on there. So I don't think that's going to add to yeah. the flavor a whole lot. <laughs> but Scotch tape. Yeah. Yeah. So they do that because it's supposed to help with the aging and things like that. And maybe there is something to it if it's been sitting there for a really long time. Um, I don't find that it particularly adds anything. Fair enough. To most. I mean, right there's, a, there's a few, like my father's, that have cedar wraps on them. And, I mean, they're good, but... And I've had For the I, most part. I don't. I don't I've know. had Monte Cristos that had a cedar wrap that was adhered with some kind of adhesive. It wasn't Scotch tape, but I know what you're talking about. The majority of the ones I've seen 
it's scotch tape, you know. Yeah, or, and like normally, like, normally I would light with a piece of cedar if I had one, you know, yeah. on hand. Um, because as we mentioned in the past, if you're lighting with cedar or even a soft flame, I have this little soft flame lighter from my father. You know, it's a, it's basically a bick. Yeah. Um, and when you do that, you're lighting at a much cooler temperature uh, compared to a torch. So like compared to this bad boy. Um, so you, you're not burning the tobacco. You're not you're not overheating it and really scorching it because then you get more of a charred. You know, it affects the flavor. Tub, any major degree, uh, I guess it depends on how bad you, you know your light is. But it's uh, I don't know. There's like there's sometimes if I'm trying something new, something I haven't had before, then I'll definitely light with a softer flame or you know a piece of cedar even. Um, if it's something that I've had a million times and maybe I'm like driving, I don't really care. I'll light it and practically throw it in the in the lighter in the torch. So personal preference it just depends on the situation well i'll tell you right now first light first first puff the smoke is delectable the flavoring on the crown is like it's it's Mm -hmm. it's very forced vanilla yeah yeah and that's always been sort of my biggest gripe with all the flavored or infused stuff is like it's so forward. Like yeah. there's too much of it. Like with the acids, like the acids are like, it's the Bud Light of cigars. It's the best selling cigar right. of all time. Of all time. Much. Um, and you know, after post Macanudo kind of thing. Um, and those, the sweetness and stuff is just so overbearing. Like you can't even really enjoy it. Like you don't get yeah. much out of it. And that's why those Macanudo M's that are like coffee infused. I really liked cause it was, it was light. Um, like the flavor was there, but it wasn't over overpowering. Um, and like a tabuk, I really enjoy a tabuk. Yeah, yeah, and that's another like, one where like it's like lot. it's just the light right amount. Yep. Um, any of the deadwood stuff, so like the sweet Janes, fat bottom Betty's, like those are on the sweeter side. Those are up there with the acids, but it doesn't taste like that synthetic sweetness. It tastes like a natural yeah. sugary kind of kind of sweetness. Yeah, it doesn't it's, it's taste almost weird. like. It's almost like they they dip this one in watered down vanilla extract. Yeah, and I, they don't ever say what they're actually like. Yeah, what it is they're using. Um, I don't know that we really want to know. If I yeah. knew, I'd say, but I don't. But. Well, you know the leading ingredient to cause vanilla scent in perfume. You know what it is? Beaver anal glands. I thought that was like raspberry flavors and stuff oh i was always told it was vanilla but like all the trappers and stuff who knows i don't even have beavers down here so never mind nutria we do have nutria made with 100 nutria ass oh god what are you smoking uh so i was at the shop earlier and i feel like i've been doing nothing but smoking the same thing lately and i saw these alec bradley black markets nice so, I smoked these when we first got them in, and I really wasn't into them. They weren't. Don't don't tell me they went down. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't great. I was just like, it's okay. Like a lot of the Alec Bradley stuff, for the most part that I've had, it wasn't anything that was like I was feeling compelled to smoke again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, the 
sleeve on this was nice and ambered up. So I was like, let's revisit them. Good. These guys kept getting really high ratings in all the magazines and stuff, which yeah, man, take it for for what that means. Um, and I mean, the first couple of puffs in it is definitely good, but when we first got them in, like, and now I'm at a point where if if Raj gets something new in, I tr- try not to immediately grab it and smoke one. Yeah, you let other people be. The I want them. Not even that. I, w- I want to. I want them to sit for a while because I know that my first impression smoking something, if it's new, new, it's probably not going to be great. Like most of the time, they do need some time to kind of sit and rest and breathe a little bit, and uh, you know, off gas and stuff. And usually, if that's the case, then I'll come back to it and smoke it again. You know, a month later, two months later, whatever. If they're still there. Uh, this one I haven't had in probably over a year, so it's uh, it's good. Well, that's good. You gave me my first black market, and I think uh, is it the same. I wonder if it's the same size. It's like a sixty Corona. This is a six by sixty. Six by sixty. Yeah, I think that's what you gave me, and that thing was fantastic. And I've gotten yeah, a it good getting really sense. high ratings, and I was like, why? Why is this? It wasn't even that good, but. I enjoyed May, it. Now that these were like on the very bottom shelf of one of the shelves, kind of tucked away in the shadows. And I was like, you know what? Let's let's revisit those. I haven't had one in a minute. Going back to the CAO flavors, um, this sucker got hot quick. And maybe it's just because I'm used to smoking some of the Liga stuff. It's a little tighter, but it, it's already heated up by the at the band. And my draw is getting real tight. And I'm wondering if that whatever they put in it is burning off, you know, that, that vanilla is burning off and making it, I don't know. It feels like it's going real quick. Yeah. I found that to be the case with a lot of the flavored stuff, at least like the everything except the deadwood stuff, like acids, especially they're rolled super loose and they burn. I don't know if they do that on purpose, if it's supposed to, help the you know if it affects the flavor in any way and that's why they roll it looser but then just you know i'm sure that lemonade really makes it uh it actually does it's super good (laughs) i won't lie i was actually debating that i was like man should i have like like a tea or something or maybe i don't don't want to have coffee because i don't want to be up all night but honestly the pink lemonade's doing a kick-ass job (laughs) <laughs> on paper it should not i know i know but it's it's good that's it's like working. one of the last things i'd be drinking with a cigar is lemonade and i i literally am being so lazy that i don't have cups so we're just chugging it tonight <laughs> <laughs> fuck it right oh snakes and stogies what's what's new on the hurt front well um <laughs> the fuscus didn't take i think we've talked about that already and I put them back together, and they look at each other like, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Oh, you're going to sleep over here? I'll sleep over here. And they just sit there. Um, and uh, that that's basically it. I haven't paired geckos yet just because I've been so crazy busy. And I really wanted to – I have a couple pairs that I've never paired before, including Underwatersaurus. And I really wanted to be there like to monitor them. I've been staying at Anna Maria's house a lot lately. And I need to, I need to get on it. Otherwise, I'm going to miss my window. So, I, part of me. What says, is what is the window with nefs and stuff like that? It depends on the species, but 
you basically have two thought processes in the United States mimic Australia or just do it spring like normal mm-hmm. Americana stuff. Now, in the past, well, if you did it like Australia, then you'd be pairing them at the end of the year, right? Right. Or, or yeah. even or earlier, it'd be like uh, like October, November. Okay. Um, would be ideal. So, like, if you look at Australian species in Australia and you look at uh, reproductive pheromones turning on, you have a massive spike in testosterone in males at like the end of August into early September, like the first week. And then right in the middle of September into the end of September is when you start to have uh, ovarian follicle development because the girls can smell the testosterone in the boys, right? And then you start to cool down. And there's actually uh, been peaks and valleys, depending on the part of the continent that you're at or what kind of gecko you are, of them breeding in uh, early November into Christmas Mm -hmm. and then taking some time off and then going into like a second round of it in like March and April. And then by May, June, you're, you're, you're tapered off and now you're back in the winter. Right. Mm-hmm. But here, this stuff's been here its entire life. It's never been right. in the wild. It's all captive bred for the past 20 something years. So I had bad luck doing it in February, March. So I went earlier and that seems to be working for me is going earlier. Um, but I've never bred underwater source before. So I cooled them in the end of December through January into February, brought them back up February, let them get up to speed March, and now would be the right time to do it in theory. But I just, I, I look at them and I'm like, man, they're still kind of derpy. They're still kind of dinky, especially my male. I mean, he's old enough. He's two years old, mm-hmm. but he's still kind of like, he's like the short kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to push him. So. But we'll see what happens. See, I don't know. I'd be less worried about about a male being smaller than a female. But I've also, yeah. over time, really steered more towards gauging breedability off of age rather than size. Yeah, I uh, you know, with with the snakes and stuff, I really don't don't feed my stuff like across the board i don't feed my stuff a lot a lot like on a consistent regular basis unless it's really young mm-hmm. um and so as a result of that i have some animals that are for their age they should be i guess if there is a standard you know if we're talking about by the standards of you know facebook or pediculture like then they're they're severely stunted and severely <laughs> right um, right but by normal, like, in my opinion, natural history standards, they're they're probably right where they should be. Yeah, maybe slightly behind the curve, but close. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I had, you know, chondros like the, that pair of chondros. That's like less than maybe right around four hundred grams now. Like, Are you talking about the blue spotted one? Because, dude, I would totally breed that thing. That thing's huge. Which one? The one that you always post. Designer female? Yeah, with with the crazy blue spots. Oh, yeah. She's going to get paired at the end of the year. Um, Okay. But I have that other pair that are 2018s that are small. They're not big. They're not big chondros. Like, yeah. I'm going out on 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 a limb breeding them. I think that the female could, 
if they went, which they haven't. Like I've I've had him paired up. The male tried like hell, like night after night after night, and I think he's finally kind of thrown in the towel. Um, like they're small. Like if I got a clutch from them, it would be tiny. But she's old enough. Like I don't think it's it's really yeah. an issue of age. Like yeah, they're they're smaller, but I don't. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, and I think about the net the uh, Underwoods being a communal species, and a lot of people just keep them together. And I don't because I kind of want to be more observant as to what's going on with them. So I'll introduce for a day or two and then separate. Um, so I, you know what? Screw it. Maybe I'll just throw them together tonight. See what happens. You know. Um, and it looks like uh, Creative said they paired their Underwoodosaurus Millie last night and Nefris Wheeleri tonight. So that's awesome. Good for you. That's awesome. <clears throat> And uh, I was thinking about, I had these Mexican black kings, right? Mm-hmm. And they were given to me by Marcus because he was given them by another friend who bred them, who produced them. And these were, I thought they were three years old this year. They're not. They're only two. And they're a very special Mexican locality that is really expensive and rare. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I don't even remember what it's called. I got to look that up. But I thought they were three years old. And I was like, man, these things are so tiny. And then I talked to uh, one of the guys from Underground who I know breeds them. And he showed me pictures of his adults that are like five years old. And they're the same size as mine. Mm -hmm. But then if you compare pen shops to mine, mine are like yearlings compared to his. So I don't know if maybe it's just this locality is is a, a tiny locality or if Chris's are just much that much older, I, I don't know. See, and that's that's the the hardest part because even like with the rhinos, when I was talking to Most and Stone and and Burwell, yeah, you know, trying to like without any context of seeing you know what big adult rhinos look like in person versus what average adult rhinos look like in person to small adult rhinos look like in person, it's, it was really hard to gauge whether mine were like on on par yeah you yeah know, age-wise it's like yeah they can go um but it was just a matter of like if my female is too small even if she's of age like i do have a limit you know but yeah it was hard to to really get an idea and actually as it turns out so the rhinos are together now cool i had i saw the pictures you posted in the, the our little ganyo chat yeah, so the one that I thought was a male, I have a reverse trio as far as adults go right now, right? Mm-hmm. That one and another one I had labeled as males, and then there was one that I was sure was the female of the group. Like at some point when I got them from Loafman, I either I got them mixed up or something. Like when yeah. I was setting them up, they got mixed up, labeled the female as a male, labeled the male as a female. Um, so and uh, not to not to cut you off but i think that's also a doc thing because my outer banks kings that i got from doc were were backwards <laughs> and i didn't realize that until they shed and i was like man why is this girl shed look like a boy and i was like oh because the, yeah. li- the lids were wrong <laughs> so but yeah go on yeah so we love you doc i was sending burwell and stone pictures of this male saying 
I think this female, like, is this female big enough? Like, do you think, yeah, in ratio of my hand holding her, like, do you think that you know she's she would be good to go if if they went? And they said, oh yeah, yeah. And then I had the male, which is considerably larger than the other two actual males. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll put them in. And so I, I introduced the the one that I thought was the female in with that now actual female because they both are kind of that darker, deeper, bluish, greenish color that I like that I was kind of aiming for anyways. And instantly, the female that's actually the male was chasing the female that I thought was male. And so I also knew from talking to Rob and Matt and them that like putting male rhinos together, especially when there's a female around, like they're gonna, there's going to be problems. Like they're, they're not going to just like be like corns and stuff that just kind of, you know, ignore each other's existence more or less. Like they will. They're going to duke it out. Yeah. They're going to duke it out. Yeah. And so I'm looking at them and like, obviously I've seen plenty of colubrids, you know, lock and breed and stuff. And so I know sort of what I'm looking for, but seeing how much that the actual female was like running from that male. I was like, well, wait a second. Like, do I have them mixed up? And so I introduced them. I'd leave them together for together for like an hour or so. And then I'd separate them. Cause I was worried about stressing out that female, um, you know, the, the actual female. Yeah. Uh, and so then I was like, well, let me try something else. And so I took the other male and put him in with that female just to see if there was a difference in terms of reaction. And he was even more aggressive about chasing after her than the other male was. And so I was, you know, that's when I was taking video yeah. and I sent them to the, to the group and was like, what am I looking at? Like, if this were, if these were two males, what would be happening right now that I'm, you know, as opposed to what I'm seeing. And they were like, no, that looks pretty pretty standard um you know they said if it was two males like you'd see the male that was sort of more submissive you know trying to get rid of the other male and like buck them off and there'd be more biting all over the body and because they do the neck biting thing from what i've been told from like burwell he's never seen any of his actually do it he's seen marks where like the male did it to a female but he hasn't actually Mm -hmm. seen him doing it so long story short it is a reverse trio still i just had the actual like who was who in that trio mixed up and that female is totally big enough to go yeah like she's, she's got considerably more size to her than the other ones and kind of the one thing too that also made me wonder if i had it mixed up is like that one that is actually the female never refused food but when i went to go feed the male that's in with her now if it wasn't like a live fuzzy he wouldn't touch it before that snake would eat anything, it didn't matter. Like if I offered rat pup, didn't want it. If I offered it like anything other than like live fuzzies, zero interest. And that's what made me wonder, well, maybe you're the boy and maybe that's the girl because yeah. males will go off food. You know, Rob said he doesn't notice it until they're considerably older that they start refusing during breeding season. But it's like, okay, you know, so they're together. Yeah. Uh, they definitely seem to be, the female seems to be adjusting to him being in there much more now after a couple days. Um, Do you think that having the two boys together accidentally sparked something in the whole process? Possibly. I don't know. I mean, I so the the other male shed, 
And so I was like, okay, well, that's one way I can sort of test this thing out is I took that shed and I like ripped into two pieces and I put one in with the female and I put the other in with the other male just to see if there was any definite yeah, male to male reaction out of it. And I didn't get anything out of that, but well, you didn't get anything that you saw. Right. Right. Yeah. It could have been yeah. like a carpet Python thing where you throw in the shed of another male and all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I got to get the job done. Like, yeah, I haven't seen any locks yet. He's been trying like crazy. You know, I feel kind of bad because there's, I, I check on him regularly and he won't leave her alone, but did you swap feces too or no? No. Okay. Not weird. I'm not, I'm not a weirdo. Dude works, man. And then another mystery that has been solved. So I have not my ladies Island, but this is a, another wild caught Buford corn that I had that I got as a baby back in like 2018. Okay. It's like a fresh baby. Been raising it up, raising it up, raising it up. Kept getting sheds that alluded to it being a female. So I've always been like, okay, I, it seems like it's a girl. I never probed it. Never felt really the need to because the tail length looked shorter. Like overall looked female to me. I was like, okay. Tried to pair it last year. Left the male in there for a couple weeks. Nothing. And I was like, okay, well, maybe she's just not going to go this year. Pulled her out a couple, like, two weeks ago. Uh, put another male in with her. Nothing. It was a smaller, slightly smaller male, and that slightly started, smaller male started freaking out and trying to get away. I was like, well, wait a second. Yeah. That's not normal. So then I was like, okay. I put in another male to see <laughs> if maybe it was just that male. Nothing. So then I put in one of the females, just in case it's a male. Nothing. No reaction really? whatsoever. Interesting. Put in another female. Because I was like, it's breeding season. If it's yeah. a male or if it's a female, something's going to respond to it one right. way or the other. Right. No reaction. So I was like, okay. So I was like, I'm just going to wait for it to shed, and I'm going to send the shed off to, to get a sex. Because I also probed this thing, and it probed male. Okay. But then when the sheds came, the sheds were female. Like, look okay. female. Okay. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? <clears throat> Any blood spots? On the previous sheds, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's the weirdest thing. Like, you look yeah. at that shed, and you're like, "That's that looks like a female. Yeah. And then when I had Jake come over, and I probed it, and it went really, really far, like, it went male, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. So either I just really jacked this snake up, which nah, I'm you, super, you would know. I'm you would super know. delicate when it comes to probing. Like I'm not. You would. Not you would a thousand percent. You would know. So I took a couple. It finally shed, and I I set the shed aside because I was like, I'm gonna send it off. And then I was like, you know what? Let me take one of these females that I know for a fact is proven. And let me now that it's shed, let me put it in with one of those. Mm -hmm. And it was a female that I have my my Castania Motley in with. And I'll be damned if that snake didn't just go after it right away. And that's really was a freaking male. No so kidding. I've got like 3.1 of my native corns. Uh... And so that explains why last year, like I had the male in there, nothing. So the moral of both those stories is these things will make you feel real dumb 
real quick. <laughs> it's all learning experience, man. All of it. And now I, I have like I'm super male heavy on corns because my original plan was like, oh, I've got 2.2. This will be perfect. <laughs> so it's a, one of like the best looking wild caught corns I've ever come across. Like that thing's just developed flawlessly. Nice. So I, it's not going anywhere regardless. Like it's going to get plugged into stuff at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I put in like this het sunkissed male. He's he was a 2021. And like as soon as I put him in there, he like took a couple t- couple tongue flicks and then he just like tried to get away. And I was like, <laughs> bitch. And then I was like, well, okay, let me put a female in there. Because if it's a boy, then you know it's that time. Maybe there'll be some interest. Yeah. Nothing. No interest. Wasn't until that shed happened that all of a sudden, like I put in it with a female. It's like, oh yeah, okay, let's go. And so I had to pull him before he actually locked with that female. But it was a whole whole fiasco. And just awesome, reminds man. me that I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> well, no, you you do have an idea of what you're doing. You just sometimes it isn't what it may appear. You know. So. You can never have too many corns. Um, I which, still, I still need to find um, another Miami female or another Miami male for my female. I mean, she'll be ready to breed probably next year. So, yeah. I got this summer to basically find her a boyfriend. So. Well, I have eggs on the way. Well, well I'm going to be a, a snooty snood and say that I, I want to catch it in Dade County. Then it, I want to get the same phenotype. Like true Miami phenotype, yeah, yeah. This is the only one I've ever gotten that. uh, This is the only one that I've ever been able to catch, and I didn't even catch it. Marcus did, and I've seen them before, like on fence posts, and like you can't get to it, or it's in like somebody's yard, and you're not hopping that fence, you know. Um, And then one time I found one in the same coloration in Palm Beach County, which is crazy because that's like, I don't know. That's a good Six, 60, mi- 60 miles north of where the other one was same phenotype mm-hmm. but it was in protected lands and i didn't keep it because i was like no i'll be a good boy i'm not gonna break the law and then that same night uh there was a fish and wildlife checkpoint so Ooh, that's call. why you follow the law yeah no that'd be cool i wonder if those have gotten considerably <clears throat> harder to come across over the years just with the Miami phase, over, yeah, like over collection, like people beelining. Well, I, I, I don't like think it's over. On some. I don't think it's over collection. I just think it's urban expansion. I really do. I'm, yeah, it's a combination of the both. You know, and like the one that Marcus caught, this one female I have. I mean, she was caught in suburbia in a development that was only a year old. So they bulldozed all this like forest land made a development with all these bougie houses and then he went up getting the contract for the neighborhood and found it in somebody's yard so clearly it had been surviving through all of that yeah. so yeah i'm hoping that i come across some some smaller stuff come baby season out there yeah i'm adding to the uh to the the ladies island group but yeah, man. the uh, ghost tessera female that I paired with the pied blood red male, she is most definitely gravid. So I'm expecting a prelay shed here soon. And then the ladies island female that I have that castanya motley male with, 
it feels like she's got some some eggs brewing. I'm nice. not sure as nearly far along as that that ghost tessera male is, but um, those will be good too. It's um, and then the Bairds. I did the Loma Alta with the albino hypo male, and it kind of felt like maybe she had some going on, but it still looks pretty early. But that that ghost tessera girl, man, she's definitely you can see her and tell she's she's definitely got got eggs going on so nice awesome very cool I'm what actually, phenotype uh, is who looking for kevin. yeah yeah because i saw kevin ask that question and i'm trying to find a picture of the girl and this girl was uh caught in aventura off of oh now i can't remember the canal damn aventura west of ives dairy off of a main canal that I can't remember the name of. Um, so definitely North Dade. All right. Here we go. Mm-hmm. So, and these pictures don't do it justice. There's a ton of yellow and gray. Yeah, I like that. But I mean, it, it looks nothing like the normal South Florida corns. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a quote unquote Miami type, you know, but corns don't look like this in anywhere around here. Yeah. I wish, and I wish I could upload it to StreamYard without it crashing, but the yellows are just intense. Super duper. Almost like it's a, almost like it's somebody's morph pet that got loose, but it's, it's definitely not. So, also, speaking of StreamYard, we found out about a new feature. Yeah. Where if you put in the hashtag, rhinos are better in the comments. And if you say it, you better mean it. Uh, we will randomly draw a winner from those comments. And they will we'll send them a shirt or something. I did not pick this hashtag, FYI. Don't listen to him. <laughs> totally did. So you know, Skyler, you can just throw that right down there in the uh, in the in the comments there. You know, say it loud for everyone to hear. You too, Kevin. Kevin actually likes rhinos, so Kevin's got both. He's allowed if to. Kevin, He's allowed if to... Kevin says it, then he we know he'll mean it. But I mean, don't make the guy do that i mean he could put it just to end of the contest it doesn't mean he he believes no, no. It. he has to he has to mean it oh man but he is the baron he is the yeah, baron. yeah like we had no idea that Streamyard could do this and i just found out barons are better get out of here doesn't count <laughs> schubert shit no caps <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just found out about this last night, so I sent it to Phil and Burke. And I was like, look, StreamYard makes this really easy. Y'all have eye problems. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Skylar. <laughs> oh, Michael Gillen's here. Yeah, I gotta, I'm, so I'm shipping to Canada for the first time next Ooh, week. Fancy. And so far, it's, it's mildly nerve-wracking. <laughs> 
Trippy says I'm crispy. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what the context is of that. <laughs> I don't know. So if you ship to Canada, it's not like when you ship to the continental U.S. Right, you're, you're exporting. You're exporting. Uh, and so they send you this form that you fill out with like an invoice, basically, and scientific names and all that, the stuff that you would normally fill out, right? right. And then they're like, okay, we're going to, once this is approved, we're going to send you another another like instructions basically like leave the briefcase at the corner of this street someone will pick it up if you do not see a man in a black hat picking this up it is not the right person wow uh but basically they're like label everything with who it's going to what it is common name scientific name do not add anything to the box that is not on this label or it will get sent back or confiscated or you'll get fined and so I'm like, well, like, I, I mean, I'm not going to add anything to the box, but now I'm like terrified that I'm not going to label something right. And they're going to be like, this is wrong. Yeah. Send it back. Yeah. Uh... <sighs> you know what? Just don't assume bad things, but be mentally prepared for it. You know, I actually have a really bad story about that. If you want to hear it. Sure. While people are preaching that their rhinos are better. Um, I had a friend who did a legitimate export um a legitimate <laughs> import california or canada <laughs> that's funny oh kasiki oh look kevin put it he put it in there oh um so i had a friend who didn't import from egypt and it was and this is a guy who has a venomous license but he did not import any venomous. <laughs> he is. He is. He's legit butthurt. Sorry, boy. I trusted you. <laughs> so my buddy, uh, he, he brings in the shipment from Egypt. And when the box gets to Miami, he gets a phone call from uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, not even FWC. And U.S. Fish and Wildlife says, hey, there's a problem with your shipment we're sending it back and you're being issued citations. And he's like, what are you talking about? He says, well, there's five uh, Egyptian cobras in this box and you didn't put them on your manifest when you, when you registered everything. He goes, I didn't, I didn't buy them. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't request them. You know, the guy must've just put it in there. Yeah. They said, well, the box is being shipped back because it violates X, Y, and Z and it wasn't on the manifest and you're being fined $500 per snake. And he had yeah. to take it to court and he wound up having, he paid the court costs and the guy in Egypt was kind enough to pay the fines for each snake, but he got, he got legit charged. Yeah. And, and they, they got, said that on the instructions, they're like, don't add anything to the, to the box that isn't on the label. Like none of these, like it's a gift. Thank you. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like yep, if that's it ain't what, on that's the what label, this was. don't put it in the box. Yeah, that's what this was. The guy was like, oh, you you buy so much stuff from me. I give you some free Cobras as a thank you. And he's like, no, you just screwed all of us. So. Yeah, but I mean, so far, it's been pretty straightforward in terms of, you know, as long as it's not Sidey's stuff, um, 
it's really not hard to send yeah. stuff to Canada. So, yeah. and you're using the uh, the mics. Yep, Reptiles Express. Uh, which yeah. the other thing, so that's the other thing that I'm very confused on because they're doing this through Reptiles Express, and I'll have to ask Mike about it. But they send you the form and like the instructions of what you need to do after they've approved, basically like the invoice and all the information that you send them initially. Then in that second, like they send you a PDF, and in that PDF, it's like if you're shipping to Canada, ship with reptiles to you because like they're they the broker? Keep, they keep track better than they do. Like I was like, well, wait a second, like this is Reptiles Express. Like why would they be advertising reptiles to you? I don't know. It was just very odd, and I like well, it wasn't like I don't. I mean, it's like the emails all have reptiles express as the like signatures of the people i'm talking to okay it's just strange because i'm like because it's not even like a use reptiles to you because they legitimately do something it's sam from reptiles express it's a different company than mike oh okay all right so it's like a separate entity i guess for canada but it's the same name i don't know i just thought it was odd um because there wasn't like when they said use reptiles to you it wasn't in a context of or like a reasoning of use them because they legitimately can do things that we can't do. It was just like an advertisement more or less. So, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing once again. Yeah, I know uh, everyone down by me, they all use Omega because Ralph's been in the business for forever. And uh it's just easy peasy in terms of the brokerage fees and, and paying CIDs and whatever else. So I don't know who is taking care of that with the mics, but I'm sure it'll all go fine. Easy peasy. I mean, they're already going to be in transit longer than they typically would for like overnight, you know, but yeah, but not, they, not by they much. Said, they said, you know, make sure if you want to make everyone's lives easier, basically ship in deli cups so that they can see it without having to take it out. You know, unless it's something large that needs to be in a bag. And then, which the Bairds that's going to Mike is small enough for a deli cup. Um, if I could find some sort of container big enough for one, at least the female subak, um, then I may do that. I don't know. but It's interesting I, that they actually like, because you're not using a shipping crate. Right, you're not creating it. This is no, no. This is a regular like box. twelve by nine by six box. Yeah, it's very interesting. They cut that. They cut that open and look at it. Crazy. And I see that's the other thing too is like in the instructions they talk about that and like it sounds like inspections may be random or maybe they look at all of them. I don't. I don't know. But who's what? Who's Julian? Who's Omega? Uh, Omega is the broker in Miami who takes care of everything. Oh, really? Yeah. If you it's leaving the country, at a, if you say the word, and I got you, boy. Just say the word. I'm saying the word. All right, we'll talk off air. That melanistic Jansen eye that uh, that got posted, I think Ashley at Northern Lights posted it. I had like three people like right away send me screenshots of that. They're like, did you see this? Yep. I was like, yeah, I was like, that's I'm entirely 
too poor for that. So <laughs> we'll talk off air. Okay. But yeah, Canada's awesome. And uh, I'm sure Monsieur Gillan will enjoy his uh, noodles. He's getting some subox and a Bairds. And I don't know. It's nice knowing Wait, you that. You sold him subox? I sold him that pair of subox. Yeah. I know. Was I not privy to this? Uh, no offense, I, Mike. I, was I not did, privy to this I, uh, transaction? I w- wasn't under the impression that you you needed them. Because from Sad what Panda. you said, it sounds like you were kind of like... I, well, I am. I, I've been and thrown in the I, towel with I, I know, but these are established ones that are proven to be alive, and they're from my friend. <laughs> Duly noted for next time. Yeah, so it's nice to know that if there is things that you want to send to Canada that are not, you know, CITES or anything like that, but maybe stuff they don't have as much of up there that it is now not difficult to get things up there that to help expand the Canadian horizons of herpeticulture. Nice. Now I can say I've sold snakes all over the world. <laughs> We're not gonna. Continent. We're not picking a winner yet. We'll pick a winner later. Oh, Mike, Mike says he knows the guy in Florida. Nice. He well, knows Florida, I, man. So all of mine have come from people in Florida. Some people that I know personally, and uh, it, it, it's. I can say this without. How do I phrase this? I don't want to say it and sound cocky, and I don't want to say it and sound like a snooty dick, but they weren't my fault, and I found that out, so I'll leave it at that. I just need to be more selective as to where I get my subox from. Still got one. Kicking ass. Well, Mike has some Wild Rose Pass stuff, and so I had this pair. And Perfect. Cool. Yeah. West Texas for the win. That's right. Yeah. So it seems like everyone is chomping at the bit to see the winner. I mean, I haven't haven't seen the hashtags for a little bit. Hashtag rhinos are better. Why don't we We do it at the one one hour mark? That's right. You have 10 minutes. And if you, it, it it automatically weeds out duplicates. So if you've already done it. And you know, I think it's crazy is they don't even know what they're winning. I said like a shirt or something. Oh, oh, I missed that. Sorry, sorry. Unless we, so we have like a picture of Jake's feet or something. Somebody might want. Oh God. Ugh. They only opened them one time and confiscated them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I would imagine if I were an inspector, I saw a box that had something very vague on it, like five ball pythons. Then I'd probably be like, all right, why? Like, if you're not putting any, uh, you know, if it's too vague, I'm just saying, if it's something that's like stands out because of how monotonous and sort of simple it looks, that maybe there's something more going on. But if it's something where it's like, there's two Bogartophus subocularis and one Pantherophus paradigm in here, then it might be like, okay. But at the same time, if you think like a criminal, maybe that is the perfect cover. 
I don't know. I don't know. Needless to say, all the T's were crossed. The I's were dotted. It's going to be good. Yeah, and then I got to look at weather because I want to pack them with heat if they're going up to New York because I'm assuming it's still stupid cold up there. Yeah. Uh, But it's getting stupid hot here, so... I am happily fresh out of Kings. I am fresh out of Thorn Scrubs. This is a this house is clean. This house is clean. Yeah, where is it that they're up in New York? I forget off the top of my head. Not bad this week in Western New York. <clears throat> well, I went out herping with Anna Maria. We went to road cruise this one like uh, levee system. It's not really a levee system. It's like it's just a bunch of canal roads up by her. And uh, I thought, I swore it was going to be the perfect coral snake weather. It had drizzled and it was warm and it was a high humidity. And we got there at the right time. And we didn't see a single freaking thing. I saw one leopard frog hop across the road, and that was Damn. it. Yeah. So it is going to Lewiston, New York. I'm assuming that's close to Canada. So 14092 is the zip code for anyone that might recognize that. But yeah, I will say this, that going out the other night definitely sparked it because I have not been out herping in a while. And then you start looking at old photos and you start watching videos from herp trips. And I'm just, I got to get back in the swing of things. And tis the season. You know, it's warming up. I mean, shit, it was like 92 here today. So, ugh. I've been, so I've got the tin and stuff and I've been flipping that every Saturday morning before I clean rats and stuff. And last weekend I found that black racer which was cool and all. And then Saturday I flipped a garter. Nice. Which I thought was neat because I haven't seen a garter in a while, at least out of my parents' property. It had just eaten something, so I kind of just left it be. Yeah. I always feel bad if it's, you know, it's eight and I don't want to mess with it because it's like it probably worked its ass off to get that damn meal. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. And then Sunday, Casey Cannon was in town. Dropping off some African softbirds. You got them. I did. Nice. Just north of Buffalo, north north of Niagara Falls. God damn. Um, and Jake went and flipped the same board that I had flipped like earlier that morning and found a little tantilla. Oh, cool. And then we're all standing there talking because Danielle's with us and her husband Dusty because they were she was picking up a cage that Casey brought down a black box cage a BioG blackboxcage.com blackboxcage.com like we're all standing there talking and then Danielle's like a snake just fell out of that tree because there's a big live oak right in my parents like driveway there and I would like there was a stick on the ground I was like Danielle's a stick it wasn't a snake and then she's like no look right there and she walks over and it was a little tiny rough green snake. No kidding. Just fell out of a damn tree like 20 feet. Wow. That's awesome. Like 10 feet from us. And then Casey's like, I've never seen an actual rough green snake in person. So like we <laughs> sat there and played with it for a few minutes and then we let it go. It was just 
That's awesome. And like, people, wild, dude. That's South Carolina's the place to be, man. Snakes are falling out of freaking trees. Yeah, it's raining snakes up in Buford. It was also it was super windy here because we were supposed to get some really bad storms, and they just, I guess, decided not to show. Yeah, and uh, I feel like that little guy was just hanging out on one of the branches, and one of those hardcore gusts just came by and like <laughs> freaking. Uh, Wizard of Oz is his ass out of the damn tree. <laughs> Wee! And then I had to, yeah. So like, okay. Rough green snakes have a very distinct smell to them. I don't know how to describe it. I just remember I had some as a kid. That was the first snakes I ever had were some rough green snakes, and I just remember very distinctly the smell that they had. It was like this weird, like grassy kind of. I don't know, and so I was like, wonder if they still smell like that, and. <laughs> They do. Okay. Danny had to be the weird one to take pictures while it was happening. So, duly noted. But that's the that's the first live rough grain I've seen in a while too. So, yeah, dude, I haven't seen one in a very long time. Very. Long. I'm trying to find one for Anna Maria. Like, I can't find them. And then, like, I had this one spot that was all Brazilian pepper, and they just like they festooned themselves on the Brazilian pepper, and they're just gone. They're just they all up and left. I don't know if they're spraying insecticide or maybe too much uh, car traffic or something, but they gone. I'm convinced they're freaking everywhere here, but because they blend in so well with the trees and stuff, you just never see them. Unless they're where they're not supposed to be, i.e. on the ground, on pavement, where they stand out. Like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trippy says he's going to go to shows and just ask to smell the geckos. Well, I, do you remember there was a, a a nature show or documentary? I don't know if it was Nat Geo or Animal Planet or something. And this guy who was a professor of herpetology somewhere, and he had like four or five grad students. They went down to, I don't know if it was Costa Rica or Panama or somewhere down there to find these geckos to, I guess, re-describe them. Or I was the uh, magic school bus is what you're thinking of. No, no, no. And, uh, and I guess one of the ways to visually tell the gecko with the naked eye because they are so similar is to rub the gecko on your lips because your lips are more are the most sensitive part of your body and you can feel the difference in scalation on the back of the gecko on your lips and everyone was like you're out of your mind but that was like a contributing factor and then they take it back to the lab where they look at it under a microscope and they can really tell the scalation difference i would feel like that would be easier to do well, when you're in the bush, you don't want to take home a bunch of geckos that are wrong ones. You know? I mean, I, I, I love rough green snakes as much as the next guy, but I wasn't wasn't rubbing one on my face like it was chapstick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, honestly, hindsight, you probably could bring like a magnifying glass or like a jeweler's loop and you probably could look at it that way. I mean, and maybe there was something else to it. Maybe it was just for the show. Who knows? But I, I vividly remember that show. Yeah, I don't remember that. What are your uh did you hear the the morph market news? No, what's up the morph market? Uh so it has been bought by Darian Drollinger who owns dubiaroaches.com. Really? So he is the CEO and owner now? Wow, all right. I don't know how I feel about it. Okay. 
Well, like what happens with John and like the admins and like Doc all. And I mean, all of that is staying as far as I know. I think John's going to stay on board for a while. Okay. I don't think it was ever disclosed like what sort of the exit strategy was for him. If there ever truly is one. Um. Yeah, new category picks. That was that was nice. That was like the first order of business, I guess. Um, I don't know. I think my only and I talked to Wyman about this a little bit, and he's like, "I'll tell John if you want." And I was like, "No, you know, it's not. It's, I'm probably you know worrying about it, not really worrying, but giving it too much thought." But I just feel like John was on such a good, steady trajectory with it. To where like he was making changes, but he wasn't trying to make it like Facebook and stuff has gotten, where they try to add so many features to make it easier and more convenient to use that it only makes it more convoluted and, and more of a dumpster fire. Right. I feel like John's always done a really good job of like keeping things on an even trajectory, but adding features that are actually practical and actually actually like useful. And not trying to make it as easy as possible to use. And my, I guess my concern there is that, you know, that won't be the case with somebody else coming in. But I don't know. I'm, I mean, he's, I'm hopeful, you know, as far as like Morph Market's become the standard. I remember when Morph Market first came out, I was like, no one's going to use this. I was convinced. I was like, I mean, maybe it's because there was nothing but ball pythons on there that I was like, it's great for ball python people, but I mean, the buck stops there. It'll just stick to king, snake, and fauna. Um, and now, I mean, I've I was dead wrong. Like it's it's become the standard, and it's become awesome. You know, it's been great to use. Uh, I think I heard initially there was talk of him changing things to like the pace structure and like what plans got like maybe your lower tier plans so like your free plan where you can only have i think three animal listings and maybe i think they added a tier which i think is the basic which is i want to say like 11 dollars a month or something where you can get up to 10 animals i think so they've already made some small changes um but you know like anything else it'd be like someone sort of coming in and taking my place at thn and you know, completely shaking things up and doing things different. And... No, I, I get that. What's interesting is I haven't been on there in a long time, and there used to be – it wasn't an app. It was like a, 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 a downloaded link into the server, and I went to go log into my account, and it, it logged me out. And I was like, why am I logged out? And it was like, download our app. app. Yeah, and I'm now like, it's oh, an wow, actual it's app. It's a freaking app. And it and works. I'm, I'm on it now and 42 just as easy to just as easy to operate as the website is too, which is also, yeah, I was very happy to see that because normally when you see people coming out with apps for stuff like that, it was like basically what you said, like just a link to the website. Right. Right. Not an app, dude. That's a link. And I love this other amphibians, axolotls, frogs, tree frogs, turtles, tortoises, other Mm -hmm. geckos. Like this is awesome. Lichionis have their own thing now. Super cool. Rat snakes have their own thing. This is great. Other pythons. Very cool. Still no venomous. Yeah, I don't know that, that that'll ever happen. Yeah, yeah. But 
Oh, there's a story section. Super cool. We staying up late looking at geckos tonight. Very cool. Yeah. So Joe said, so far I've noticed one change was every tier now has their logo displayed versus higher tiers only. Um, I think the like the pricing and membership structure to make tweaks to like the lower levels makes complete sense, especially for someone like me who doesn't typically have more than like 20 snakes at a time for sale is a lot for me. So it's like, I don't want to have to pay 30 to $50 a month for a plan that I'm really only realistically going to be having and like using for a couple months out of the year. So to have like that basic plan, which I actually need to sign up for it so I can get some more stuff up there. Yeah. Um, I really appreciated that because I mean, I think that's realizing that there's plenty of people that are selling stuff. They're just not doing it on a large scale. And so to have an option where they're not limited to just three animals at a time, but something between, you know, that 10 to 20, 10 to 15, you know, helps out. Um, like I said, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful and I'm sure Darian's going to do a, a fine job with it. Um, is just kind of that initial shock of, well, what's going to happen now? You know, it's yeah, had a good thing going. What do we know? What's what's going to happen at this point? So, time will tell, and I'm sure things will progress and get better and better and better, no matter what. I'm optimistic. And I, maybe it was just the fact that John's put so much into that that whole thing, you know, for the yeah. last eight years. You know, that guy's worked his ass off getting that thing to where it is. And, you know, I, I attribute a lot of that success of, of that to him being so open to the input of the people that are actually going to be using it. Right. Because I remember at Daytona when we were doing the magazine, you know, talking to John and being like, I don't want to have to sift through the morphs, certain morphs to see what's for sale. I just want to see what's for sale, like what the, you know, everything. Like in yeah. corn snakes, I don't want to have to go through and look at like, Go through the list of morphs and see what's for sale. Like, I just want to see corn snakes, like what's currently up for grabs. And at the time, like, there was a way to look at, like, find that, but I didn't know that was the way you did it. And so I told him, and like, he literally was like carrying around like a little notebook. And if you told him things, he was like jotting it down, like actively. Like, I hadn't seen anything like that before where someone was so like hungry for input and and ideas yeah. and actually taking them and applying them to where it's like, yeah, we'll do that, man. And then it just disappears forever. It never happens. You know, like that's as far as it goes. Yeah. But you know what? Who's to say that this new owner isn't going to do the exact same thing and pave the way and make it bigger and better. So, yeah. I don't know if he made any money on the sale, Mike. I'm assuming he did. You want me, are we drawn? Put yeah, we're that, six minutes over. Put in that rhinos are better hashtag so we can draw a winner. Give you 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 5, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Do it. Trippy got the win. 
That's yeah. actually that's a super fun program. Dude, I'm glad it? we got it's that. Super easy to do. Yeah, a little, little confetti and everything. I love it. Look at that, and then it just goes away. It's like, yeah, you want, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the snow melted. How fun. Super fun. I love it. It's good stuff. And the best part is, is we get to choose the hashtag each week. <laughs> you know what I should do is we should put in... um like a random, like maybe just a single letter or something and see if it registers every, like if we put A as like the thing and then it randomly picks just any comment that had A in it. Oh, that's great. With it. Yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be killer. Let me see. Because yeah, it doesn't have to we'll be a hashtag, it. right? We'll try it right now. I don't think it does. Wait, go back. Yeah, let's, let's try that. I'm just thinking first. about that. The letter A. I think every single person that's commented has used at least the letter A. Because it says any user whose comment includes this text will be entered. So. <laughs> Baird's beats Battlestar Galactica. Love it. While Smitty does that, for those of you who are wait. unaware, oh, well, okay, all right, I'll wait. Oh, I put an apostrophe into me. Okay. okay, never mind. Carry on. Well, no, you got it up there. Letter A. Yeah, it's fourteen entries, so maybe it's just whoever's like actually commented. Well, it would be whoever actually commented, but it's not going to do duplicates. Wait, so there's 30 people watching this right now live, and yes. only 14 have commented? Is that what it's saying? It's the, I think it's the, it only picks those with the hashtag in it. Oh. So you have to have a hashtag. I guess so. Damn. Whatever. We'll play with it. Yeah. Gutatis is the superior Pantherophis hashtag. Love it. We use it on the aquarium live streams. Okay, I got you. This podcast is brought to you by the letter A. So I said rectum damn near killed him. That was good, Daryl. <laughs> I literally read that. I was like, so. Yeah, I was like I having read. a stroke. I was like, what? It reminds reminds me of the the two old men and the Muppets. <laughs> Kevin Barron hashtag ass. <laughs> oh, we are such children. Ugh. And they gave us a live stream. That's right. So what's on the, the horizon for springtime seasonal action? Seasonal action. I don't know. I mean, those two pairs of corns are currently the only thing planned on that front. Um, I was, if that one had actually been a female, I was planning to put that head sunkiss male to her. But 
her is a he. So, him, her is a him. So now I, I can make plans for him next year. Good. How's the, uh, uh, <laughs> I want to say percentum. <laughs> That's what they are. Is that what it is? Yes. It's percentum? Yeah. Oh, how, why I feel like I was going to butcher that name. Because some people say they're Corulum. Oh, all right. Well, they were originally I... Percentum, and then someone came out and said, well, wait a second, they're genetic. there's two, a genetically different group. I don't even know how genetically. I have to double-check the paper and read and see, but there was a split, basically, where they said there's Percentum, and then there's Corulum, and Corulum have the blue eyes and a darker-colored mouth, like, on the inside. And I think, like a slightly different scale count. But I've I talked to Matt about it because I, I found the paper because it's from a couple years ago and I sent him I was like, you really, you know, is there anything to this you think? And he said no. He said he's he's bred them and he's gotten green-eyed snakes, he's gotten blue-eyed snakes. He's like, he doesn't think there's anything substantial behind it. Okay. Um, it's another one of those things. It's just like the, the Hainan rhinos you know it's like whether you think it's a a real thing or not who's to say uh it just confirms my suspicion that taxonomy is fake oh don't say that (laughs) it's fake man it's not fake look it's not fake humans who are uh what's the word i'm looking for greedy humans are the ones who have ruined it. I don't know, man. If I was going to be greedy, I feel like there's there's better things I could I could focus my energy on to make something out off of than splitting hairs. Oh god, Casey Cannon says I should check my phone. <laughs> what? I still call them Radnophis. What? That they originally so percentum were Radnophis before they got lumped into Ganyasoma. Why aren't you working, keyboard? My battery's dying. <laughs> Find this paper K- here. Casey Cannon says he just got off a podcast and his chair is set up. If we would like to send him the link. Do it. I'm doing it. Doing it and doing it and doing it kind of well. Trying to find the the paper here. All right, Casey, it's coming at you, Bubba. Research gate, the gateway to nerds arguing on the internet <laughs> over things that have zero bearing on their day to day life. How many? I don't know, man. Ta- taxonomy has bearing on my life daily. That sucks. Screw you, man. I love taxonomy. <laughs> I love taxonomy too, but I'm just like I'm I'm at the point where it's like 
okay, you don't like him as Ganyasoma, you like him as Radnofus, cool. You don't like him as Persinum and you like him as Corulum, cooler. Like, I don't, yeah. whatever you want to call him, go nuts. <laughs> the guys. Not Casey Cannon. <laughs> uh, you really do. You have the chair and the globe, too. You I brought do. out the globe. I, I do. I was on NPR. So, uh, oh, nice. Now I'm all nice. like jazzed up for reptile talking. So, he's a, he's a pretty big deal. Are you wearing a smoking jacket? No, but I'm wearing a big, uh, big jacket that looked like one. So, I'm trying to play up with the fact it looks like a rope. Let's be real. It's a Snuggie. <laughs> I mean, I'll stand up. It's like an XXL. Oh, I've seen yeah. You've worn that jacket. But it looks like a robe, so I'm going to wear it with my globe. My globe. Excellent. Excellent. All right, so what are we looking at, Smitty? So we have Corulum, quote-unquote, here on the left, and Persinum here on the right. Man, that's um, close. But like we're talking about a gray mouth versus a pink mouth, and then I think like this a split anal plate versus a not split anal plate. Oh, See, yeah. tech, that's real. Look but at they're that. also I'm going off to... like you're going off hollow types and stuff. Like, what's to say that that, that animal wasn't a single skittles? like? Shut up, Casey. Okay, yeah, I the, the, I gave yeah. you a rough green snake. You did. It's the first rough green snake I've ever seen that was alive and not killed by a car. Like, what is the, what is this going to tell me? I don't. Aside from like, aside from snakes they... like crap when they've been sitting in alcohol for too long, for two hundred years, yeah. I don't know. Taxonomy is fake. Fake news. Skyler says, I'm with Casey. You can't argue with anal scales. I read about it in a book. <laughs> oh, Skyler. Yeah, and you know, holotype is great, but I doubt that a lot of these papers are written with a single specimen. You know what I'm For saying? sure. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's been done before. I mean, shit, Gunther did it in 1876. You know, I, I thought this was a, la a Lavis, but it's actually from the other side of the continent. So disregard the papers I wrote. <laughs> oh, oh, James Francis Ryan of Iowa. Right, right. James Franco. Different movie, I bud. I need to read over this whole thing again. <clears throat> well, I was actually waiting for you to bust out the papers, and since we have uh, Professor Cannon with us, um, I'm going to send you a picture to post Do that Dr. I recently Cannon. found. I, I, I think doesn't Professor sound like Professor Professor Cannon? Professor. Professor. Hopefully, in a few years. Hopefully, in a few years. <clears throat> nice. Nice. So this is a screenshot um, that, oh, no, I don't want to text it. I want to Facebook it. And hold on. Where is Justin Smith on this Facebook nonsense? Okay. Good luck finding me. Oh, you're there. Oh, I got I you. I like Bubba. taxonomy or not real. So in my quest to learn more about 
dirt snakes. Uh, I stumbled across a paper on the morphology and phylogeny. Phylo- phylo- wow, I can't talk I, tonight. I, 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 biology. You know what I mean? Phylogeny. Phylogeny. He is, um, we're scientists. <laughs> I know. Well, my thinking brain. Um, and uh, I found a, a CT scans of snake skulls that are all sub-Saharan African dirt snakes. Were um, they made of bone? They were. <laughs> they were. Science. Um, but it's super cool because it's showing you all the different fang structures. And it just goes back to our famous saying of like, just because it's rear fang doesn't mean that it's not going to bite you. And, it, and the whole chewing thing is nonsense. You know, chewing makes it's it worse. It's not. But... They're mildly venomous. Phil. Oh, God. Here we go. Well, I just sent you a screenshot from the paper. Um, obviously, you the paper is way be, more in depth. You have to be a real weakling to die from a boom slang bite. <laughs> Your immune system. Fighting for his phonics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Why do I have seven notifications on Facebook? What is happening? I love how you just send it to whichever group chat is the closest one. Uh, <laughs> if, if your name's in it, and it, I mean, I've got like 12 group chats with you yeah, in it, so everyone's closest. Oh, this looks like it'll give me nightmares. Good. Sleep well, children. Okay, so we're looking at rear fang dirt snakes? Looking at re- rear fang and quasi-rear fang dirt snakes, as well as side quasi-rear-fang. I like that. Yeah. And I can't read that. Well, I'm, I was going to read it. Tomo- it's topo- topography. Tomograph- tomography. <laughs> Computed tomography. So this is made by the same people that made Bugs Life. It's not even real. <laughs> Computed tomography. Oh, that's anyway. what the P and CT stands for. Yes, that's what the CT I stands for. That was, <laughs> that was Connecticut. It is also <laughs> Connecticut, yes. Samsonite. I was way <laughs> off. I was way off. So if you can zoom in on the skulls, I, I can. Can't. What do you mean you can't? Hold on, let me download it. I'll do it then. No, it's too late. I'm already opening it in preview. All right, fine. <laughs> Local man dies from boom slang bite in an attempt to prove others were, quote, cowards. Cowards, be a man. <laughs> let it chew on you. Be a man. <laughs> Bleed out of every hole in your body. Be a man. Oh, God. Every hole in your body. Okay. Here we are. All right. So if you zoom in on letter B. That, letter B. Right here. That one looks like a like a dachshund skull. Is that true? It is, it, it's, it's very dachshund-ish. It is not my dog schnitzel. It looks like, um, it looks like a rodent. It is very rodent-ish. That is actually uh, the Baron's... Um, um, wow, I can't talk tonight. That's a Bibram's the, the, stiletto snake. Oh, I thought you said Barons is in like the lesser rhino, but no, no, that's a that's a, a Bibram's stiletto snake. And you can see the side stabbing fangs and the layers within them. The nice cluster. Um, yeah, that's thing. a pretty distinct difference between B and C. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
So some of these scientific like, names, guess, I guess the species. <laughs> well, some of the scientific names I don't, I don't know. I'm, I honestly need to Google them or look them up in a book. Um, but the ones that I was actually looking for is Atrodaspis <laughs> and uh, Macrolaps because those are the two species that I keep. So if you go down to, um, should be H, and that's Macrolaps. That is the Natal black what? snake, and. Everyone says, oh, these snakes don't bite. They have to chew on you. It's rear fang. It's fine. Because when people hear rear fang, they think that they're like way yeah. in the back here. Exactly. It's like, no, rear fang means they're like a couple seats behind the front row. Exactly. Exactly. What is F? It looks rather useless. F? Just like a lizard skull. It doesn't even look like a snake. That's F a turtle. is a Perlactus motus motus. I think Jay got hit by a car. Um, I don't Jay's? think Jay's right. Yeah, I was like that. Yeah, so some of these are the quill snakes. Some of these are the stiletto cousins. Um, let me see if I can pull up a picture of the Aprilicus. Jay is just a link. They don't even say the name. I don't want to look at the link. I just want you to tell me what it is. I literally don't know what any of these other species are. So the... So E. Look at E. You see how tiny, tiny, tiny those fangs are on letter E. And that's because it's basically a venomous tantilla. Tantilla are venomous. Well, you know what I mean. Ones that'll really get you. Like actually bite you. Mm -hmm. And you can see that there are longer fangs in the front that are not necessarily venom delivery. Those are to hold on to you while it chews. Pretty much. I mean, these are like termite eating snakes. So it's small food that's got to get snatched. Um, so it makes complete sense that they're termite eaters and that they'd be rear fanged, because why not? Snakes why didn't he put venom to eat termites? You know what? That's a question for Charles Darwin. You're going to have to ask him. Listen, why does anyone do anything, okay? That's exactly. Why. They're like, oh yeah, you think finches follow your little model? I'm going to be rear fanged and eat ants. Just gorge myself on the things that <laughs> can't run away when you envenomate them. They just explode as soon as I bite down on them. But I need this venom. <laughs> if you're looking at letter J is Xenocalamus, which is one of the quill snakes. And that is what it looks like. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Looks like something off of Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, I just I thought it was interesting because the Macrolap skull has a very defined rear fang that is not really rear. And you on the uh, Bibrin stiletto, you really get to see the length of the fangs and how they're stacked in the skull with very little uh, uh, standard teeth. I mean, pr practically no teeth. And I think that that also has to do with um, what they're eating and 
how they're eating it, whether it be underground or in burrows or what have you. And I also feel like it, it, they may lose it with age as well. Cause I looked at a lot of other skulls and stuff and very few of them have those lower mandible teeth. If that makes any sense. Again, totally practical. Evolution. Sciencey stuff. Cannon, yeah. what's what's new up in your neck of the woods? Uh, I had a tree fall in the backyard while I was gone. I didn't get back into my house until about I don't know one forty-five in the morning oh, wow. after I did my rocket run to South Carolina. He drove down here and then he drove back. I did. It was a pretty intense trip. But I told him time, he could stay here. He's like, no, I'll just drive I, back. I mean, I could still do it, and I still needed to listen to uh, to uh, lectures and stuff like that. So, you know, it was a good trip. But apparently in the time I was gone, uh, a tree in the backyard blew over. So I'm going to have a lot more uh, perching and stuff like that for the snakes pretty soon. Nice. And uh, I had a clutch of ball pythons, too, as uh, as I was driving back. That's I mean, awesome. there was there's like one egg out of there's two slugs, and then there were five eggs that looked good, and then I candled them, and you know, like you ever felt like a infertile egg that still like looks like a snake egg, and yeah. it just feels like a water balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I candled them, and of the five, four of them have nothing in them, and one of them has like some veinage, and it kind of has that right leathery feel to it. So I put them all in the incubator. I'm expecting them all to go bad over the next like two weeks, but maybe that one will hatch. I don't know. Taking a did, nice shot out of the positivity cannon there. Well, did you, did you separate them in the tray? Like one on the right, yes. one on the left? Well, no, they weren't even really stuck together. Oh, okay. So like the ones that are bad are actually in their own like little container. And then the one that's good is in a more typical incubator setup. Were you saying so, that, I don't was, know. Was that the clutch that like there was, you were trying to figure out what the sire was? Yeah, that was kind of just a... I had an extra female and didn't really know what to do with her. So I had a, a super inchy clown male. So if he's the sire, every baby's going to have the inchy gene. And then the other one was a puzzle het hypo. So basically, I'd be able to tell which one was the dad based on which genes they had. So it was just kind of a fun little who's going to be your dad clutch. It turns out neither of them. It was the Maury clutch. Yeah, it was the Mari clutch, except uh, turns out none of them were the father. The Virgin Mary. The Holy Ghost. Interesting. What What is Puzzle? Puzzle is a relatively new recessive gene. It's not the coolest looking gene, to tell you the truth. It kind of makes... Well, I didn't think it was that cool until Cox described it to me as it turns a ball python into an afrock. So it gives oh, a ball cool. python an afrock pattern. Very cool. So I kind of gained a little bit of appreciation for him after, uh, after he explained it to me like that. Nice. So it was cool, but didn't sire anything. So I was kind of looking forward to that. And I, uh, have been moving the room around room around a lot the last like two days. All right. To where I've got, I'm trying to get to the point where like maybe you guys can come over sometime and I won't have a panic attack. <laughs> you know, trying to make it so like it's 
it's presentable enough that like my not like YouTube presentable, but like I can have friends come over and take a look at it, and I won't like freak out. Yeah, it's very. It's always funny how you you have like what we jokingly call YouTube presentable, right? And then you yes. have your friends and like normal herpers who they know there's going to be poo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, or they know like, a- okay, maybe your setup's not going to be the most feng shui. Yeah, exactly. Or, or honestly, like I've had people complain on on Instagram because there were like bits of shed in the substrate of a photo. Yes, I've seen that before. Too. People are brutal about I, that stuff, right? And it's like, look, man, I, I have a lot of Those animals. People can fuck off. I hate that shit. It's like you're looking yeah. at a very small window of my entire right. room of my entire day. Like maybe I was in the process of cleaning that. Happened to take a video. Because exactly. I didn't play Mr. Fucking Belvedere and go in there and pick up every single piece, before, you know, with my hand or with my tongs before I shot that video. It's like, fuck off with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Don't post a picture of any of your stuff if you're not willing to get roasted that way yourself. Because it's like, if you're going to do why it, I don't take pictures of stuff in the room. I take my pictures outside. I hate that. <laughs> but I've also, like, honestly, if you're breeding pythons, sometimes it's good to get your cage a little dirty, you know, leave some sheds around. It seems to kind of get stuff going. I have two Cobra hide boxes. Okay, let me rephrase that. I have one Cobra hide box that's with my Nubian. And I've had that snake. Oh, my. I've had that snake since 2007. And I haven't cleaned that hide box. Like, it, the, pla- the black plastic, you know, I haven't cleaned mm-hmm. it probably since... Oh geez, maybe 2009 or 2010, because every time I cleaned it, he would just liquid shit all over it. So I leave it in there as a scent marker. The cage is is brand new substrate, brand new, clean everything, but I leave that high box dirty because it smells like him and he likes it. Yeah, and I actually think scent marking is really important with some stuff like that. Oh yeah, especially around if you're upgrading stuff. Like I found it with condros, they seem to anecdotally adjust to bigger setups much easier if you take that old sheet of paper towel or whatever it is you were keeping them on and put it in there with the new even if it's yeah. just like half of it or something yeah or like it a seems like they adapt like they adjust to that newer setup so much better quicker and smoother than if you just throw them in completely new and now it's to the point too where like even if i upgrade corns or colubrids and stuff to something bigger i'll just take a handful of the old bedding and just mix it in with the new and, you know, give them the same hide as long as it's not completely trashed. Um, and it, again, I think it just, it makes it the transition easier because it's not completely unfamiliar at that point. Now it's like, yeah. Yeah. And Lisa, there's something it well. to it for sure. Oh, well, absolutely. And Lisa puts it well, is that snakes totally communicate through pheromones. I mean, they have a oh, organ, so they're going to, have so much more senses than than in terms of smell and taste than anything we could ever comprehend and not to sound lazy but i would rather have a dirty black plastic hide box covered in powdered urates than have my snake shit on the ceiling so just me (laughs) yeah i think there's without a doubt something to it and that was the funniest thing with putting that male rhino in man like because the female's in a in a cube, a two foot cube, mm-hmm. um, 
watching him go in there and you just see the little gears just go nuts. Like that tongue is going going a mile a minute. He stopped at like every single perch and like just practically just licks it almost. Just completely just sensory overload with whatever's going on in his little brain. And then he realizes like, wait a second, there's a girl here. I know what I must do. Yeah. And then you see the girl just watching him from her hide, like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. This this fucking guy again. <laughs> it is funny to we we anthropomorphize, but you could you could see what's going on. You know, you could see. Oh no, I mean it's not even anthropomorphizing. Like at that point, like you put in a male snake into a female's cage. Doesn't matter what the species is. If it's chondros, if it's balls, if it's corns, if it's uh, you know. Crebos, whatever. Like you're gonna see that male like stop and be like, "This is new. This is something different. Like this is oh, yeah. not. This is." You just see him taking in all the, the the new the newness, new world. Yeah, I'm only a few feet away. It is really cool when you see him slither up, and then they get to the point where like you can tell they smell the girl, like the girl in person, and then you see the gears turn again. Yeah, they may not start. They may not start trying to uh, to spur anything initially, but you could definitely tell there's a moment of, oh, hello. Yeah, or or it's defensive, and they're like, whoa, yeah. there's another snake in here. What am I gonna do? Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's a lady. What's always sort of fascinated me in terms of like us and keeping snakes, like us as far as herpetoculturists in general is the fact that an animal that has such a limited capacity for as far as body language and stuff, like how over time you can tell exactly what's going on with that animal. And other people are like, how do you know it's about to do this? And it's like, I can't explain it. It's just like you you mess with enough stuff long enough, you like you know like what's going yeah. on. Like you can tell if a snake's like deciding if it wants to take a jab at you or not, or like if it's completely mellow and just curious, if it's really freaking out, if it's you know. So that's it's just always kind of made me laugh that like you can tell so much from an animal that shows you so little, you know, yeah. long if you do it in long enough timeline. Yeah, it's something I, I never really thought about too much until I started dating Anna Maria because she is a behavioral analyst. And her and I talked about a lot of animal behaviors and stuff like that. And you don't realize how much you learn by observing over the years, even, even over the months of new species that I never kept before and just making subconscious observations going oh wait it did that last week that's really interesting i never seen it do that before things like mm-hmm. that and i feel like that's a whole nother aspect of herpetoculture that we either unknowingly take for granted or we learn about it and uh, and come across it and it makes it more all the more fascinating if that makes sense and i think every group kind of has its own uh its own tricks to it like yeah when oh, yeah, I went from sure. pythons to colubrids, night and day, man, night and day, where yeah. I, I'm really good at being able to tell, okay, the pythons are going to do this. This is what this means. You throw a pitchy wolf is in front of me, 
And I can kind of tell what they're going to do now, but they do not act like pythons. They don't move like pythons. They are so much faster. They have way better aim, and they don't really telegraph, like, yeah. at all. Well, I like Brettles. I still want you to know, like, you can tell that telegraph, but, like, as a python person, where pythons are like, I'm going to strike right here. Pitchwopus, mm-hmm. do not do that. Well, like, Brettles are a good example. Like, you can tell when a, when a Brettles is seriously considering whether your hand is food or not. Sure. Like you can oh, see yeah. them stopping and kind of looking at it, and then you're like, "Oh my god, here it comes." Condors too. Condors even more so, I think, because you know, just like all the other carpets and stuff, they're so apt to to swing first and ask questions later. You know, initially, sure. but you know, you get some of those, uh, even some of like the little corns. Like you can tell when you open that tub; they're like, there's not a, a "Hey, I'm coming to check you out" thing. It's like a "Hey, uh, you." look like food yeah and there's there's very different behaviors and sort of reactions there initially that are so subtle that most people that aren't you know haven't done anything with snakes would look at it and be like eh, whatever but it's just it is that subconscious thing like it's it's like micro expressions almost to a degree i don't sure, i don't sure. know how to describe it but that w- that's good micro expressions I, I could totally envision that um one that we always noticed over the years was with any of the biddish genus so rhinos puffs gaboons those heavy-bodied african vipers they have very wide flat heads and you'd see the viper huff and puff right it's huffing it's puffing it's saying don't come near me leave me alone i'm stressed i'm, I'm i don't want to deal with you and then it would stop and it would take its face and i don't know if you guys can see on the camera and it would put its nose to the dirt and like almost show you the top of its head and it's watching you like it's looking up at you the whole time and when that nose went down to the dirt that was basically the the full tell of i am done with this situation you've got five seconds to get out of here before i lash out like a and less dramatic version of what puffs do puff adders like you, you know how puffs like yeah the, no, up, like, wait up yeah, it's 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 honestly it's it's they stop huffing and puffing, they stop deep breathing, and they just put their face to the dirt and they touch their nose to the dirt, but they're still looking up at you, and mm-hmm. that is the that's the end. Like like I've had enough, I'm done. Here comes the hurricane. Yeah, and it's 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 a tall. It's a every time it's a guaranteed thing, and I always tell people, especially in captivity, like, hey, if you see your your puff or your kaboom, that nose down thing, just leave it alone. Because now it's going to be even more unruly. It's not going to ride a hook. It's going to strike and flail and thrash and poop on you. And it's just better just leave them alone, let them calm down, and then come back later when they're not agitated. So, like, mm-hmm. even though that is a, 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 I don't want to say a stupid tell, but it is a tell through and through. Yeah. Well, it's also funny because you have certain species that are, they're much more apparent with, with, where they're at with you like sure you know the ganyas like, the ganyas yeah, yeah with the jants and i you know they puff out the neck um pits you know pituophis like jake has some where it's like immediately like they're huffing and puffing and they're making noise and they're they're very Just clearly like opening that glass. very obvious and then you have stuff that's like i'm gonna act like king snakes like your getula stuff like i'm gonna act completely pleasant and then all of a sudden i'm gonna be latched on your finger well, I also I feel think like, that might just be because they're dumb. Like honestly, no, that might no, just be no, a 
unintelligent thing. Because I'm sorry, Getula give you signs that we ignore. We think, oh, they're rattling its tail. How cute. No, that's a sign. If a getchel is flailing no, its sure, tail like a rattlesnake, like it's stressed and freaking out. You I'm know, I'm talking about the ones that that you can be holding. Like, okay, the the, the I mean, it's, bite. Here's the Brooks I had as a kid. The whole reason that I have like PTSD from getchula stuff, man. Here comes like, the Brooks. I could hold that thing no problem, and then you just look down, and it is like knuckle deep. It gives you the the anaconda, or as the or as the Morelia people call it, the woma. It's just yeah. I was about to say that's very woma like from the sound. Very woma like, yeah, very woma like, very anaconda like. If you're gonna play with a woma or an anaconda, expect it for it to just open its mouth without any kind of warning, <laughs> and there's no strike. It just. Meh. <laughs> no, that that little king I got from Keller was very. Very clear with its uh, well, its albino cow king hell on wheels. We know this, like, no one's gonna doubt you on I that. We, that we break your stones, but yeah. Now, Lisa made a great observation about her male white lip smearing urates all over the female and then guarding her. And Lisa's guess was that it was basically his way of saying to other boys, you know, she's mine, I already got her. So, I think that's a very valid observation. Yeah, you know, and I'd be eager to see other people, you know, Owen or whoever, who's keeping white lips in legitimate observations and see if they notice the same thing. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And I know from rings they're uh, I mean, all their behaviors are so much. They're so analogous to Nerodia. I mean, everything they do seems to be about scent marking and shit and water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just because Nerodia are nasty. I feel like Nerodia have their own tells as well, but they're almost more, I don't want to say forgiving. Because I've just observed so many Nerodia where you pick them up and they almost, they almost play possum where they're just like, all right, if I don't move, it won't eat me. And then the, the minute you start to like treadmill that snake in your hand, it's like, oh, no, it's going to eat me. Bite and poop, bite and poop, you know. Flail, flail. <laughs> Speaking of the evil cow king, any word on the next THP raffle? I was thinking about shooting for the next one to be in June. Maybe. Do Maybe we have uh, more prizes? It wouldn't be hard to get our hands on one. Okay. I just didn't know if people had already given submissions or, or ideas or whatnot. No, but that is something I'll do differently on the next one is is sort of announce that we're looking for for stuff. Because with the read one, you know, I really didn't have to put a whole lot of effort into getting stuff from people for that. You know, everyone was pretty forthcoming. So Right. Next one will be I had a lot of people come come to me after the fact being like, Hey, can I add this? Can I add that? And as much as I wanted to, and just said, "Well, we'll put you on the list and hit you up next time we do one." Good, good. So, Cannon, what else you got cooking right now? So, I've been throwing some of the skinks together. Um, I put the westerns together not long ago, where the male took a 
had a go with the female. She chased him off. But I've kind of been like putting them together and leaving them alone and kind of just being in listening distance lately. Sure. So sure. I don't know if they've been breeding. I know that I put them in the cage and they're both still alive. That's good. You know, no one's bleeding. Um, I don't know. So I would love to be like, yes, I'm getting full locks. I had an issue with uh, my male Eastern, but I think I've solved it. I'm a little proud of myself for having solved it. And where, for those listening, we're talking about blue tongue skinks, FYI. Yes. So, um, what happened there was I pulled him out of brumation, and I put him on the back porch, and he got cold, and then I had to put him back into brumation because, unfortunately, this time of year for us, you'll have like one week where it's like beautiful spring summer weather, and then there's two weeks where it's cold and raining. So I think putting him back in brumation kind of made him a little bubbly. You know, skinks, a big thing with them is they get bubbly eyes and they get like drooly sides whenever they get our eyes. So he got like that. He got to a point for a couple of days where like his eyes, he didn't want to open his eyes up because they kept bubbling over, which that's kind of conjunctivitis. Yeah, that's I don't know what they do, but like that's a that's a thing skinks do. So what I've done with him in the last two days, and it's, it's worked great, is I put him in my incubator, which is at the bottom of the incubator is like 84, 86. And then for like an hour or two, maybe two, three times a day, I'll put a layer of water so he can drink. And kind of getting him to a point where his core body, body temperature can get up to like 84, 86. Seems to have done the trick. Like he's got his eyes open again. They look really um bookie tailed. He's flicking his tongue. Like honestly, man, like it's it seems like he's doing good. And I'm gonna say like one more time just because I <laughs> Well, I feel that if you look at some of the guys keeping them in New South Wales and 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 the like, the like the like, um, like yeah, <laughs> like 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 Hansen, dude. Jay keeps him outside and gets snow on the ground. You know what I mean? And I find it it's cheating. I find it difficult to believe that they don't have similar spikes the way that Georgia would have similar spikes. You know what well, I mean? It gets a lot colder out here, but yeah, it's it's got to be similar where in New South Wales when you're waking, like, it's not just it's summer. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of yeah. people think that whenever we're trying to roommate stuff is, you know, it becomes, I don't know, whatever, March 15th, and all of a sudden everything is up to like full summer conditions. That's just not yeah, how nature is. is. Right. At and least then, not far south or far north. Well, and that's kind of what I was getting at is that it, you said, oh, it was in the 50s, and then you had a couple 80 degree days, and then you're like, oh, I'll take them out. And then whammo, it goes back down to 50s or 40s. And you're, it, I feel like that, that has to happen in the wild for them as well. It does. Maybe it, not it as definitely does. Because I mean, I saw that when I was in New South Wales. Yeah, where we had a couple cloudy days, and it was it was pretty chilly on those cloudy days, and it was really cold at night. But um, I don't know. That's a common problem here with blue tongue skinks is they get bubbly, where yeah. like their eyes literally kind of bubble up, and they have them shut where they won't want to open them up, and you kind of see a little bit of drool coming around the sides. It's not quite like a respiratory infection in a python. I think it's a lot less severe now that I've. I mean, like literally, I put him in the incubator for two days now, and he's totally fine afterwards. So, so I'm yeah, sure it's just that 
What is that, Justin? So it's like me when I sleep. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like us with a cold, you know? what? All you want to do is get under a blanket and get warm for yeah. a day or two. Yeah, then you're good to go. That's good. Which I'm sure some of it was hydration, some of it was all that stuff, but I don't know. I I was really, really worried going into the year with him being sick. I'm like, oh, crap, you know? It's just what I need right now is for my, my top male to uh, not want to open his eyes and have a respiratory infection, but I don't know. Seems to have, uh, seems to have cleared itself up. So hope for that. Yeah, I guess. How soon do you feed them out of brumation? Um, it kind of depends. They don't like the males don't really seem to want to eat coming out of brumation. Like, honestly, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of a trick to get them to eat again. What I've had to do a couple of times is I'll, uh, unthaw pinky or something like that and then cut it open. So they can smell it, and that seems to kind of jumpstart them wanting to eat again. Okay. It seems it doesn't seem to be want their uh, normal foods. Don't want to get them to. They don't want to get going on the normal foods. It seems to be like, you know, chopped up mice or a uh, little bit of beef heart or maybe some yeah. strawberries. They really like strawberries. Oh, really? I was just about to say they probably want that that raw iron protein coming out of a long sleep. You know. I think some of it too is just a smell thing where they're like, okay, I'll eat. And then once you kind of get some food in your system, then the metabolism starts up and right. then you're kind of, you're hungry again. Right. right. I'm sure it's kind of a, like a system reboot thing. The first time they, they eat coming out of rumination. And forgive me if I'm putting you on the spot, but what are they eating in the wild? I mean, they're kind of just generalist omnivores. They don't really eat grass from what I understand. Um, lots of snails. I think snails are kind of a big part of their diet. Um, I have a lot of insects, but I can also tell you based on what I've watched them do, they are not built to eat fast insects. They're just, just anatomically, they're, they're built to crush the, things. See the video built, of that shingleback chasing the butterfly? That was kind of, I've seen that. Yes, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I yeah, no, I put crickets in there and they're, uh, they're not very good at catching crickets. So whatever they eat in the wild are not cricket like. Well, I also so heard I think it's probably like moving though. That shingleback was. Booking. They can they can book it. It's just they also don't really turn well when they're booking it like that. Like they they seem to go really fast in one direction, but if you ask them to turn, it's just it's not it's not on a dime. It's like a semi truck. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I also I heard from a lot of keepers back in the day that nobody fed blue tongues crickets because it makes their poo smell atrocious. I think that's just cricket. I think it's just feeding stuff crickets in general. Okay. I mean, okay, you know, bearded dragons also have atomic shits. Yeah, because I had a friend who who bred New Guineas, and I asked him, and he's like, "Oh man, I never give any of them crickets because their poo just smells so horrible. It's it's ten times worse." And then I had spoken to a couple other people that like worked out underground stuff who were also breeding New Guineas and like Hamaharas, and they're like, "Oh yeah. no, never never feed them bugs. Never feed them bugs. It just stinks." I'm like, "Oh okay." I mean, it seems like one of those things too in nature. They'll eat. I think the westerns and the centralians are more insectivorous. I think there have been studies on those guys where they've actually found they eat a lot more. They eat a lot of insects. But the studies I've seen on Easterns, at least, it kind of just seems like they're eating whatever they're finding around people's gardens. Like they're opening some up. They got hit by cars and their stomachs are full of tomatoes. They're full of snails. They're Australian raccoons. Yeah, like basically they're a scaly raccoon. They'll eat your cat's cat food and then they'll eat their dog's poop. 
You know, they're just kind of whatever. Interesting. What's what's up with brettles? Are you doing? Anything? Um, I'm throwing some brettle stuff together. Uh, I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm trying to do the the classic or my my like piece. We call it piece de resistance. Is that the right word for that? My like top level project where I mix all the bloodlines together. Somebody who speaks French, let me know if I used that properly. I don't think I did. I think I. <laughs> but um. How dare you mix bloodlines like that? Yeah, right. Especially now that Warren Booth has dropped the bomb on us, they're all the uh, the same bloodline, and uh, all my efforts have been for nothing for the last few years. Dude, did you see that super dark black one that Frame produced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's the dream. It's a pretty awesome looking stuff. I've seen some really dark ones in Australia too. Some pictures of those. I had a. It wasn't as dark as those, but I had a super dark one when I first got into brittles. Where like instead of being a reddish color, he was almost like a brownish purple, and then the back half of him was black. That I mean, just really cool. dark brittles. That's cool. Like a like a like a bruise purple. Yeah, I mean, honestly, probably like. Purple. Probably like the the chair right here. Like, really dark, but still, you could tell it was just a dark brown with a little bit of purpley undertones to it. That's cool, man. I like that. But, yeah, I sold that animal years ago. But, yeah, yeah, we're trying to, trying to do the four bloodline mix. Bloodline. May as well. What are you expecting from that? Uh, just uh, just a bunch of brettles that are headstone wash at the end of the day. Hopefully with some really good color to them. So, there has never been a clutch of brettles in the United States born that didn't have I always said four unrelated grandparents. In other words, like, most of the time the at least one parent was from a family ladder of like we have the original LASIK line siblings, and then we brought those together for how long? Or we had the Afors, and we bred those together for how long? So there's never been a clutch of brittles that had four grandparents that weren't, like, obvious, direct, like, siblings. So so if you do pull this off, you will be the first to I thought I was. Oh, okay. Yes, I'd be the first to cross them all, but now it turns out they're all the same. So, you know. Yeah, but. I'm not bitter. Look, it, it, even if they are, quote, unquote, all the same. You're still massively diversifying the gene pool. Yes, you I'm at least to... mixing up the gene pool. I'm at least stirring the gene pool up. You know, no one stirred the gene yeah. pool up before. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's drank either Coca Cola or Sprite. You're the kid at the fountain putting both together in the same cup. Yes. So I'm hoping that works out. It'd be really cool if it did. Then we've got some uh, some hypo stuff over here. I've got the. Uh, I've been calling it the tiger hypo brettles, where uh, sometimes the hypo animals here, if you breed two together, you'll get some like stripy ones. And it's not the genetic stripe; it's just like a polygenic. They, the bands just want to make a stripe. Uh, I've got a male that is ready to go, and a female that maybe needs another year. So I'm going to try to throw him to a couple things just to see what happens because I think that'd be cool. Nice. And then. I don't know if the Sanzania cuddled, but I haven't seen him walk. 
and you've had them for what three years now probably two two or three i don't know when i first got them they locked up all the time like really i've never seen snakes lock up like since any of you like they would be they would be locked up for two and a half days consecutively damn and i haven't seen them lock up since so i don't know what happened i'm moving them into a new enclosure uh Probably tomorrow, maybe tonight. I don't know. It'll depend on how tired I am after this. But I'm hoping that kind of changes it up a little bit. Sure. And for those listening who are not familiar, Senzania are Malagasy tree boas. Yes. And then now, do you think that she just reabsorbed after that one year of fornication? I have... I don't know. I also know that I... I cohab them, so maybe it was just like a hey, we've never been together like this before, let's just bang. Because sometimes yeah. sometimes snakes just bang without sure. having any follicles at all. And sometimes it's just the male trying to get the female to start building follicles. Because, you know, there's certain species that they don't start you know, follicular, follicular development until, like, she knows a fertile male's around. Right. We were, we were actually just talking about this a little while before uh, earlier before you jumped on, is that if you look at some nephra species, the males will begin testosterone production, for lack of a better word, about a month before all the girls start ovulating. So they'll develop ovarian follicles as a pheromone response to testicular activity in the males. Yeah, and I mean, that makes perfect sense in nature. Like, you're not going to waste resources building follicles if they're not going to, there's no chance of them being fertilized. Right. So I'm wondering if part of what's going on with the Sanzinia is maybe they do lock up. It's just, you know, it's it's a beginning of a relationship thing where you want you want to go all the time, and now you're two years living together, and you're like, yeah, I don't know, maybe next week. Premarital <laughs> relations. <laughs> oh, jeez, well, that's cool, man. Fingers crossed on the, on that. They're awesome. They're yeah, like I said, they cuddle. They've they've been cuddling this year. I haven't seen a lock, but. I'm also how, not how, like. How cold do you get? What? These two are 2016, so they're they're definitely getting. No, it's like how cold? Here. How cold? I cold them get? down like the Brettles pythons. Oh wow! All right. Yeah, man, Madagascar gets colder than people think it does, especially in the areas in the south where they're from. Yeah, isn't it? There's a, a dividing mountain range where one side, the west side, is yeah, more the, deserty, and the and the east side is more tropical. Did I get that right? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. I think the westerns are the the Mandarin phase, which are more of like a brown. Sometimes they're kind of a, a gunmetal, and then the easterns are the the green ones, which is what everyone in the U.S. wants, and everyone in Europe has, and it's vice versa, where everyone in Europe wants the mandarins because they're bigger. So, you know, they're also Ascites one species, so they can't cross borders. You know, what we've got is what we got everywhere. Wow. Wow. And so no, one, no one has greens in the U.S.? There are a few people with greens. It's not like oh. they're unheard of. They're just, um, they're a species that they only breed every, like, two or three years because okay. they hold their offspring for, like, nine months. Like, their oh, gestation wow. period is almost like a person's. Wow. And then they have to take a year or two off to kind of rebuild the, the fat stores to to go again. So, yeah, it's, that's it's the uh, that's a big part of it. Is they're just a slow breeding species, it, and the they need to get cold. And they need to get cold. 
Yeah. I would say it's the Muller's chameleon of boas. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. Maybe more like the Parsons. I think they're, yeah. I don't know if they're from the same place as Parsons. They might be. Parsons are more in the north part of Madagascar. I think Sanzinia. Sanzinia may come up the whole coast, though. I don't know. Very but Madagascar is a weird place. It's uh, a lot more varied than people. Th- I mean, it's, you've got almost every biome, except for maybe the polar ones in uh, in Madagascar. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, gentlemen, we're at the two-hour mark. Anything you boys want to touch base on? Nope. Uh, you can tune into my episode of Morelli Python Radio, where I uh, got Owen to admit that there are, in fact, such things as Bigfoots. I had a very compelling argument. Nice. When's that air? I don't know. All right. We'll but, uh, I can tell you, we had some Bigfoot talk, and I, uh, I gave my theory on Bigfoot, and he agreed, because I think Bigfoot exists. <laughs> a little teaser for the listeners. I love it. And how come we haven't found it yet? We have. You see him all the time. Is he walking among us? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, you want to spoil it? <laughs> no, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Okay. Don't spoil it. Well, definitely. Yeah, no, the big guys are completely right. There's absolutely their description is right, with one one key detail missing. All right, we'll, we'll leave it for the show. We'll leave it for the show. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who have not heard, there is a new episode of Venom Exchange Radio, hot off the press, fresh out the desert. Uh, this episode is 14. Uh, we talked to Cody Will from Rattlesnake Ranch, so setting up a private rattlesnake zoo. So definitely give nice. that a listen, a like, a subscribe everywhere you listen to us normally. <sighs> Smithy, what do you got? Uh, if you have not checked out blackboxcages.com please go do it follow my Instagram, follow my Facebook buy yourself something and then use the code THN at checkout get yourself something nice, treat yourself and then head on over to Petersound Pythons also on Facebook and Instagram uh, follow my Morph Market because they do have some stuff up for grabs uh, throughout the year periodically and we'll be back for THP on Thursday hell yeah Rhinos Casey thank better. you for joining us Rhinos yeah thanks for having me on better. hashtag rhinos are better uh, alright thank you all bye